0: a lot of closed doors for a while. Uh, The second one, he he would cause people to become established and no longer to sweat the little things, no longer battle every year about finances. That's really good news. Um, And the third one was the doors would be open to experience, open doors to the dreams that you have had, positive stance against the lies of the enemy and walk into your own destiny. I, I think that's really true from God. It wasn't from me. It was from Yan, and I believe he operates in the, the gifted nifts of the Holy Spirit. He also mentioned, if you recall, that there was a strategic attack from the enemy to steal his passion and confidence. The last time I spoke here, I mentioned about a rug being pulled out from under my feet relationally on a few different occasions that I didn't see coming. And I think that is the kind of strategic attack that occurs. I'm not putting all my eggs in the devil's basket because he doesn't deserve that. But when we are called to be passionate and do something for the Lord, something that's unique for us, and something that will bless others, the enemy certainly doesn't want that to happen. So to think that he isn't going to put resistance, I think, is a little naive uh, and without overemphasizing a focus on him, you want to make sure that you don't get uh, waylaid by the fact that he has a plan to stop you. So I, I titled this message uh, Focus on the Problems of Th- This World or Focus on the Problems of God, but really it's based in this prophetic me- message that Jan said because we're supposed to have, we're created like, um, what's his name, Well, you know who it is. We're created on purpose with a purpose. Each of us. Now, not everyone is going to come up here and preach the word. Um, Some people, like my wife, she comes in and cleans the, the church and does something, you know, as long as you do it unto the Lord, you're doing an act of worship and you're being obedient and you're serving God and God someday will greet you with the message Well done, good and faithful servant. I think that's something that we all want to hear. It doesn't have to be something that's glorious or something that anybody else notices. I think many times it's the things that, and the people that are not noticed that get blessed. Jesus uh, remarked about that when he talked about the Pharisee and the publican, you know, who were in there giving their tithes and offerings, and the Pharisee was saying, I thank God that I'm not like this guy, and I give my tithes and all this And the other person just put a little bit in the collection and went away. He was saying, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus said he was the one that went away justified. So it's not about glory or fame or being in the limelight. Um, One of the things that I was going to mention uh, is Aaron Hernandez. I mean, he was in the limelight. He had everything, right? But something so despairing and dark and negative, it had to be otherwise he wouldn't have taken his life. Uh, And that reminds me of a a story you've probably heard about as a person that climbs the ladder of success because they think that's what's supposed to happen in life. Stepping over people, getting to the top of the ladder, do it in all your life, you get be 60 or 65 or whatever it is and you get to the top of the building and you realize when you're there that your ladder is against the wrong building. Can you imagine? I don't know if you ever saw the movie Click with Adam Sandler, but it was that kind of a thing. He, he fast-forwarded with his remote control through all of the problems that he didn't want to wrestle with in life, and he got through it and he got his dream and his promotion, and he was in his penthouse, but he had lost his family, he had lost his health, he had lost his self-respect, his dignity, and he was one of those guys that realized his ladder was against the wrong building, and God gave him another chance, and God gives us many chances. So, this, this whole thing is based on for 2 Corinthians one twenty, which is for all Of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ, our Amen, which means yes, ascends to God for His glory. And that's from the New Living Translation. Um, The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the ability to do what God calls us to do. Our mission is as simple as being sensitive to the Holy Spirit seeing what he tells us to do. And the scripture says in Philippians 2 that he inspires us to do it and he also empowers us to do it. If we did that one moment at a time, one day at a time, we would live out our destiny and we will fulfill God's promise in our life and our purpose in our life. And we would produce fruit that is lasting, not just for us and our family, but for the world. Um, So assuming that you know what Um, you can go to the next slide. Um, Assuming you know what God wants you to do, and you have a passion for that, as Jan said, and you're really living that, maybe this uh, year you've been operating that more than at any other time because of that. But as soon as you have that vision, as soon as you have that purpose, then we see the problems. And I don't think... I've never seen the world, and I'll be 65 in July. I'll never see the. I've never seen the world at a, such a problematic stage than it is right now. These are just some of the problems, and I wrote some notes down. You know, sustainable development, climate change, that that's a big question mark, and that costs a lot of money. Clean water, we don't even have clean water in Southington. <laughs> I mean, you can drink it, but I wouldn't drink it. I drink. I filter it a couple of times in order to be able to drink it. Population and resources, somewhere, I think, 2020, it said we're supposed to have 11 billion people on the planet. We have about 7 billion now. Uh, Democratization, I didn't say that right, but is that right for everyone? I don't know. Uh, Global foresight and decision-making, the bottom line is what are we going to do this quarter? And that usually drives the business, and what happens? Not far-sightedness, global convergence of IT, hacking. I I got hacked the other day. I'm I'm trying to create this, and I was talking with somebody, and they said they're going to fix my computer, and you know, I they supposedly did. They took it over for about 45 minutes, and. Um, And they says, all you got to do is send us a check for $450 and they'll do a lifetime guarantee on your computer. Up until that point, I had sort of believed him because I looked for a website to um, number to get a hold of Amazon Fire Stick, which is what I had. And after I talked to Frontier Security, they all said it was a scam. So I had to change my password and change the email and hope that they don't come after me and, you know, but that's... That's normal stuff that goes on in this day and age. Um, The rich and the poor gap is getting greater, and this doesn't even have on it what probably is gonna happen, and I would say in the near future, and that is the U.S. currency is no longer gonna have the world's reserve currency status. And what that means is that all the paper that we've been printing that we think is valuable, isn't as valuable. There'll be a new currency, and we'll get pennies on the dollar for it, and that will cause chaos. I don't know when it's coming, but it's close because there's countries that are uh, coming together and already trading without the U.S. dollar as its uh, reserve currency. Health issues, that new tick, did you hear about that yesterday? (coughs) Education and learning, whose agenda is driving the education system? We're we're teaching to the tests. And those tests have to be met because of some political agenda. Peace and conflict. Peace. Where do you see peace? I strive for peace. Status of women. Equal pay. Human trafficking. Transitional organized crime. uh, Transnational organized crime. Excuse me. Uh, It's not just the mob anymore. Energy. Energy. What kind and how much does it cost? Science and technology. Oh, my goodness. We, we're, I, I keep thinking we're in the time of the Tower of Babel, you know? I don't know the answer, but I can find it for you. I mean, this, this is the tree of knowledge here. I mean, it's a useful tool. Don't get me wrong, and I have it. But uh, we keep pursuing more and more. I think the technology is ahead of our uh, ethics, which is the next one, global ethics. So that's kind of an overview, but that's something I found on the internet. This is this is this morning's newspaper. Uh, safety nets couldn't catch Hernandez. Town gown tensions rise. Murder case months in the making. Paul hangs over French at polls. A tea party of the left rises in Trump's wake. Mexico sees 2020 killings in March, worst month since 2011. Afghan officials, 100 dead, in Taliban attack on base. Healthcare quagmire budget deadline loom. Couple win right to name their child Allah. I don't know what that's about. Ryan, focus, keep, keeping government open. No promises on taking up health care. <clears throat> U.S. Australia braces ties, embrace ties in wake of spat over refugees. Venezuelans march in memory of at least 20 killed in unrest. Missile strikes, medical center, in North Syria activists say... American Flight Attendant Passenger Hit Me, Bring It On. Supply ship named Glenn docks with uh, International Space Station. Trump visits Walter Reed Hospital. Uh, Big rally out as a Surgeon General. The Trump uh, appointed someone with that. So that's, that's just off today's front page. We live in a time that's extremely, extremely problematic. And it seems like just when you start to uh, get a handle on things, it gets worse. Um, where do we go? What do we do when this occurs? To me, I, I think there's no other way to deal with this kind of conflict than to hang on, to meditate on, to absorb, to chew on the promises of God and his word. If you can go to the next slide. These are just some of them that I came up with uh, yesterday um, that I was working on until 7 o'clock at night because I had to get my computer fixed. Um, I have a copy of this in the back table on the right side corner uh, front of the table. So please feel free to pick up a copy on your way out. These are just ones that that I thought are really good. I mean, if you just had the one, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. If you just believed that one, just that one, no matter what happened in your life, if you found yourself anchoring yourself on that promise that God, because he's sovereign and omnipotent, is going to work it out to the good. If you really believe that, then you're not going to get dislodged and the rug isn't going to be pulled. And if, even if the rug's pulled out from under your feet, you know, you have ever seen those waiters that pull out the, uh, the tablecloth and all the things still stand there? Well, that's what will happen with us. The enemy will try to pull the rug out from under our feet and we'll be standing because we're standing on the promises of God. We're standing on the finished work of Jesus Christ. We're standing on a war that's already been fought and won. We don't have to fight this war. The devil tries to, you know, entice us and tempt us into fighting us, suggesting that we should do more. And you can't really do anything better than what Jesus already did. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Yes. I mean, how often can you use that? Well, oh, I can't get up and go to work today. Yes, you can. I can get. A, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't know how I'm going to raise these kids. I don't know, but I have the strength from God to do it. Um, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. That praise you, Jesus, praise you, Jesus is right. Nothing that the enemy throws our way has the ability to stop us from doing what God has called us and empowered us to do. Nothing. The only thing that happens is that we don't really believe that 100%. That's the problem. If we really believed that God worked everything together for the good and we could do all things through Christ who strengthens us and that no weapon formed against us would... If we really believe that, then why would we ever be bummed out and defeated and discouraged? Hope uh, deferred makes the heart sick, the Bible says. And our hope has to be in the Lord because our efforts uh, fall woefully short since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? I mean, I don't know about you, but many times I'm praying and I'm saying, oh, Lord, I need this and I need that, and it feels like such a big deal. He gave up his son. There isn't anything more valuable than that. Do you really believe that he who would not withhold his son wouldn't pay your electric bill? I mean, it's nothing for him. But doubt gets in the way. I want to talk about that in a minute. This, replied Jesus, is above all the things that God requires that you should be believers in him whom he has sent. Above all. That's our work. Above all to believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's not about us, it's about Jesus. It started with Jesus, he fixed it in the middle, and it's gonna end with Jesus coming back and it's not gonna be in a stable as a baby. It's gonna be a warrior king on a white horse and he's gonna take care of business. in him, I'm sorry, and I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And and it goes on, I don't have it there, but it goes on to say that the father holds us in his hand and no one's going to snatch him. When Jesus said that he was still on the earth, he was still man, still could be killed, but he took that other provision and made us sure to know that even if, and they couldn't, but even if they could snatch him out of his hand, we're not going to be snatched out of the father's hand for sure. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness. I love this one. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That's, that's how I do my prayer every day. I, I don't even try How can I do better than what the Holy Spirit is going to lead me to pray? I just rest and let him pray through me, for me, with me, and in me, knowing, as 827 says, that the prayer is in accord with God's perfect will. And then 828 follows. That's not accidental. If we pray, allowing the Spirit to pray through us and for us, and we know that it's in accord with God's perfect will, then why wouldn't all things work together for the good? But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Not wild, it's our right to be God's children. And what are the requirements? To receive him and to believe in his name. That's it. That gives us the right to be in his family as his children with the heir. Of receiving everything that he's prepared for us, including the new heaven and the new earth, with him forever and ever, where there will be no more sickness, no more death, no more sin, no more suffering, no more rug being pulled out from underneath your feet. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my father and his angels that they are mine. Have you given your life to the Lord? Have you you called on him as your savior? Have you trusted him with it? Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and basically that's saying it can't be erased. If there's anybody worrying about losing their salvation, please stop. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love has been made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. I spoke about this the last time I spoke. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love dries out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We're not mature spiritually if we're worrying about being punished for our sins Jesus came and, and took the punishment for our sins now there are consequences to our actions if I put a fork in a, a receptacle an electrical receptacle I'm going to get electrocuted but that's not punishment for my sin that's just stupidity or ignorance If you declare with your mouth Jesus is his Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Period. And for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Fear is a big trap and it starts with doubt. A seemingly innocent doubt that comes by. Well, I know God... Said this, but does it really apply to me? I'll tell you one that I struggled with for a long time. Um, I forget what the scripture is, but it says God gives sleep to those whom He loves. And I thought, well, He must not love me because I don't sleep very well at all. Got a sleep apnea machine. I've got an overactive, active mind, a sensitivity to things. I've got a hazardous. A duty job of doing professional counseling for going on 29 years now. I'm trying to start another business, and I'm working on something else because we don't have enough money to even think about retiring. So those are things that weigh on me and keep me up at night sometimes. And so when I would have that kind of struggle, which has been a long time, I'd say, well, God must not love me Because his word says that he gives sleep to those whom he loves. That's the kind of doubt that will seep in and leave you feeling afraid that you're not a Christian or that you might have lost your salvation or whatever your fear goes to. Let me tell you a secret about how to deal with doubt. Don't run. Don't fight. I ran track in high school I've got four different uh, levels of black belt and two different styles of karate. And I know how much energy it takes to run and how much energy it takes to fight. A lot of energy, a two minute round of light contact sparring and you're dripping and sapped. Running, Run, run a quarter mile as fast as you can. And if you make it, you know, you might want to puke at the end. I, I remember I did after a half mile in uh, the only uh, race that I ran in in high school. I came in second last and, and uh, lost my breakfast afterwards, you know. <laughs> Running and fighting take too much energy and they leave you vulnerable for the real attack that comes after you're exhausted in trying to fight it yourself. Remember... That Jesus fought the battle, he won the battle, and he said on the cross, it is finished. Amen. And it is finished. Amen. Amen. Why, why do we continue to struggle? Here's a, here's a better way to deal with doubt and any, any other form of temptation. Picture yourself on a riverbank, and there's a river going by in front of you, and there's logs in the river or let's say there's people in canoes on the river and they're shooting flaming arrows at you, okay? Sit there with the shield of faith with Jesus because he's present with you because he's omnipresent and since the shield is big enough to guard you and it's stuck in the ground, all you got to do is just keep it from falling over. It doesn't take very much energy and you and Jesus can have a picnic as those flaming arrows are quenched by that shield or they bounce off the shield. Doesn't that sound easier? No running, no fighting required. Just just let it pass. That river has a current, and that current will bring those flaming arrows downstream to bother somebody else, and hopefully they know how to deal with it instead of running and fighting. We're, we're to rest in Him. Come to Me, you who are laborers and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Thank you. Learn from Me, for I am meek and humble of heart. You will find rest for your soul. That's like the Sabbath. I want—I want our church to grow. Jan said, uh, "Why aren't you calling in th- three services?" I said amen. I want a Saturday night service so that I can go then and, and really have a full Sabbath day on Sunday. Personally, that's just what I want because I work with people all week long and, and I love it, but it's draining. And I'd like to come after my work on Saturday in my home office, come then maybe go out to dinner with some of you guys and, and then Sunday just sleep late and really rest. Now, that may never happen, but I'm just making a point that we need to rest. God put, the Sabbath isn't there to restrict us. It's there for us. The Sabbath was made for us, not us for the Sabbath, as Jesus said. If you don't take a rest day, you're in trouble. I get sick if I work on Sunday. I learned that a while ago. So, lest you get sick, I'll I'll bring this so close. One other story that you probably have heard is a uh, one where a guy a guy dies and he goes to heaven, and Saint Peter meets him at the gate, and he brings him to a place where it's a, a huge room, and uh, he opens the door, and there is all these presents there. Really big presents, small presents, valuable, just nice presents. They're all wrapped and they're pretty and beautiful. And the guy says, What are those? And St. Peter says, These are all the gifts that God wanted to give you, but you never asked for them. We have not because we asked not. We don't ask because we don't think we're worthy. (laughs) Big deal. (laughs) We aren't worthy. But because of Christ, as he is, so are we in this world. We are the righteousness of God in Christ and through his finished work. Our identity isn't what we do. Our identity is the finished work of Christ and we have every right to ask for and receive every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Jesus became a curse for us so that we could receive his righteousness and we could be entitled to being an heir of the kingdom and all of its riches and all of its presence. Jesus, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. And that's only gonna be experienced if we're not living in fear and shame and doubt and defeat. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. Our lives should be reflective of the finished work of Jesus Christ and the glory of God in heaven above. People should be saying, what's different about you? How do you do this? How, you just went through this and you're, you're smiling. What's, what's going on? People should be asking us that kind of question, not because we're going out and doing all kinds of stuff, but because we haven't let the problems... Be the focus. We focus on the promises instead of focusing on the problems. And let me tell you, if you start to do this, you will get resistance, but keep it up. That's why I'm a proponent of meditation. That's why I keep uh, CDs back there to teach you how to meditate, starting at one minute a day. If you haven't grabbed one, grab one. I'll keep bringing them in. I want, I want us to be a church that prays, not just comes together and prays out loud, but prays on a daily basis, sits before the Lord and hangs on his every word. Father, I just thank you for everything that you give to us, especially the gift of your son, Jesus, the most valuable and precious gift that you could offer. If you didn't withhold him, Why would you withhold anything else from us if we just come and ask? But as James says, come and ask without doubting because when we doubt, we're like a boat tossed in the sea, unstable in our ways, and we won't receive when we believe in that doubting way. Help us to let doubt go down the river and not give it the attention, the energy that it doesn't deserve. Help us to let go of that nagging thought that maybe we've backslidden too far and we've lost our salvation or committed the unforgivable sin or whatever that keeps us from being grounded and founded and steadied in our position in Christ. It's a victorious position because Jesus won that battle. Father, I just ask that you would allow your holy spirit who prays for us through us with us and in us with the groanings that are too deep for utterance to pray for everyone here that we might receive a vision of what our passion is that you would you show us that our uh, the walls are being broken down that the time is for now there's there's more than one people that believe that 2017 is the year of Jubilee. It happens to be 50 years exactly after the Six-Day War. And it's in the Jewish catalog. It's year 5777. Five is the number for grace. Seven is the number for perfection. And there's three of them, and three is the number for Trinity. And 17 is the number for victory. Lord, I pray that we receive victory. Encourage us that it's not too late. We're just a quarter into the year. Help us to have a renewed vision of what you want to give us and what you want us to operate in. And it's not in our works. It's in your anointing of ease. We pray this all through the prayer of the Spirit and in the name of Jesus, your Son, amen. Amen. Have a great day and a great weekend.